0: To Nerds of the Round Table, a podcast on a quest for high-quality pop culture. I'm Sammy.
1: And I'm Dwayne.
0: And I'm Jamie. And tonight, gentlemen, we have our chewy We're home moments. After many, many weeks, we are now back to our year of Star Wars. So, Duane, specifically, what are we looking at tonight?
1: Tonight. Sam we are reviewing the Clone Wars cartoon Uh, Dave Filoni's Clone Wars uh, originated on Cartoon Network in 2008 with a uh, theatrical release movie they had put together I think three episodes Um, as the series went on not the strongest episodes but uh, (laughs) it was was a decent movie It was a decent movie at the time, and uh, as we get into it, I've got some very serious thoughts about this movie. But yes, and it's been a while since we've been kind of face-to-face, and we've had a little bit of technical difficulty, so we were face-to-face, now we're not face-to-face. So things are great, though. We uh, are excited to dig into the meat of this show. Jamie, uh, do you want to start us out with uh, maybe some opening thoughts and possibly a grade here?
2: Uh, Sure. Sure. now, when we originally um, conceived this episode, uh, the original plan was just was just to watch the original movie, and I'm so glad we didn't do that. <laughs> so, and so I think I'm the only one of us that hasn't seen every episode. And so I got Dwayne to give me a list of the the best episodes, and um, I think I've seen all of like the first two and a half seasons, and then Dwayne gave me the best of from there on out. And the big picture, my thoughts are is that it's pretty uneven. Um, the first season's pretty rough, and um, some there's some really good stuff in there, and there's some stuff that you know it's just it was so-so, um, but um, but there's some really good stuff in there, especially the characters, the character stuff, the way the way the um, um, versus the prequels, how many of the characters are <laughs> characterized. I prefer um, the way they are on the Clone Wars, um, but overall, um, due to the unevenness, I'm going to give it a B plus.
1: B plus. Okay. Uh, B plus. It's, it's a good, solid grade. And uh, I know we're going to get into the characterizations a little bit uh, more, but you know, the, I know we were discussing before we got started, the uh, the strength of the show is you have X amount of seasons to develop these guys instead yeah. of just one, two hour chunk. So Sam, what, uh, being the teacher here, what's your thoughts on grades here? You
0: know, as I started thinking about this, you know, looking at the entire thing, um, you know, from beginning to end, since I said did watch it from beginning to end, uh, you know, I really have to give it an A. Because to me, it developed these characters a lot more. It gave us, as Star Wars fans, a, a, a more interesting look and a deeper look into the characters, the Force, all of it.
1: Yeah. That's, that's, that's a good overview. Um, it really... You know, as we were saying, it really got us to know these guys. Um, my opening thought and grade here: <clears throat> I'm going to go with an A minus. Um, I really enjoyed this show. I watched it as it aired for probably the first three seasons, and then we're just kind of after that. I would uh, pick it up, you know, on DVD or uh, you know, just when I could. Some some things that had, had shifted to, in my situation with uh, television. I'm a I'm a cord cutter. If you guys don't know, um, we have <laughs> YouTube, we have Netflix, Amazon, uh, Vudu, and about 950 DVDs and VHS tapes. <laughs> and yes, I still have a VHS player. Yes. Uh, so uh, that, um, as we were talking about, you know, the uh, the movie that opened things up was really a challenge for me because
2: it's not good. You know,
1: Anakin had, well, Anakin had a Padawan, (laughs) you know, and I'm, and I'm really, and at this point, even in 2008, I was super into the EU and that just wasn't a thing that the EU supported was an apprentice having an apprentice or a Padawan, you know, Um, I really, really struggled with that. I really love the depiction of the clones. And especially in the cartoon, I love how the cartoon didn't shy away from the clones getting taken out, uh, you know, one by one, and how another clone would fall into place. How they were trained to do that. But yeah, this was a really in-depth look. I love the development uh, that we get on Anakin. Um, Absolutely. Before, yeah. Before I go into to that anymore, you know, is, before we get into the meat of this, is there anything else you guys want to? discussion, I know we're going to get into our discussion topics here, so do you guys want to go ahead and jump into those? Well, I wanted to add one thing
2: before we start spoiling stuff. But, um, you know, I, like I said, I was the only one that hasn't seen the whole thing. And I hadn't seen any of it until I'd say about a year, a year and a half ago. Um, and I didn't feel like I was missing anything. I mean, we've talked before about Star Wars is primarily a movie franchise.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and, I, 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 and I didn't feel like there was a hole from not having seen this. Now that I've watched you know, a big chunk of it, um, I, I do feel like it's, it, it enriches the Star Wars universe. And so I, I'm glad I've seen it, and whenever Disney Plus pops back up, I'm going to catch the rest of it.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're really excited, too. Uh, in our news episode, you'll hear uh, last Monday, we discussed the Season 6, as it's now called. Yes. Uh, coming out, the the extension of the Clone Wars uh I know we got The Lost Missions, which were titled season six on Netflix. It was a more abbreviated season. They went and finished up kind of what they had ready to go into, you know, final steps, I believe, with the production when the show was canceled. And uh, I'm really glad they did because you really get into some serious, serious uh, topics of the clones, the relationship, the nature of the force there. And you're really excited about the Disney plus coming out uh, with these shows along with the Mandalorian and a K2SO Cassian show.
2: <laughs> this is not a thing, show, Dwayne control yourself.
1: Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I got, we, I got to stop guys. I know we get carried away with Star Wars. We got to control ourselves here. Yeah, I, got, you do. I got to stop here. So let's go ahead and <laughs> jump onto these discussion topics. So one of the most notable things about the show is the animation style. The look of the characters, the the production, I guess, the world building. Um, what, what's your guys thought about the animation style? Is it too clunky? It does it work for you? How, how does this go, Sam?
0: Well, you know, even starting with the movie, you know right away, the animation you know right, was completely stylized. No. and it did throw me off a little bit. It took me some time to get used to. And then from the movie into the actual season one, you saw some improvements. And as each season went on, you did continue to see additions and just slight changes to the characters that, that made them more believable. And even in an animated universe, mm-hmm. um, you know, those that first season uh, was, was very... Um, Early PlayStation Tomb Raider feel to it, you know, Uh, a little Thunderbirds go, (laughs) you know, a little jerky, uh, not really uh, fluid in the motion as far as the animation goes. Yeah, Jamie, what did you think?
2: I didn't like it. I mean, that was a turnoff to me. Like when it was announced and those had those first sort of like commercials, I I wasn't into it. And when I first started watching it, I wasn't that into it. I didn't like the way they looked. I didn't like the way they moved. I didn't like how a lot of the bodies were out of proportion.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but as they improved, as I got used to it, I really came around on it. And, and by the end, I was really into it. And especially I liked the way um, that a lot of the alien species look. I think a lot of those, even yeah. from the very beginning, looked good. But yes. they got better with the humans.
1: Yeah. Uh, completely agree jamie uh i'm gonna stick with my uh judgment for episode three anything with an alien or an environment looks phenomenal anything with a human you can kind of take it or leave it and uh, you know <laughs> we had the uh, animation jump part way through season three with uh, the forward aging of ahsoka and you've seen the, the characters right. get a little bit more fluid in their movement i know i mentioned earlier kind of a very puppety uh, Thunderbirds go. Uh, I know the guys on Rebel Force Radio kept talking about how the, their hair and beards were made f- from wood, you know, just kind of carved <laughs> out. Very, very static. Even, even in in the where you would be in a very in, environment that would you know be windy or you know just just kind of tough there. Uh, but now the animation style really uh, I think benefited the show as it carried on because things were so cl- clearly defined.
2: Agreed, and Mm -hmm. especially like you talking about when they when the movement changed. Like I guess it was season three, you said.
1: Yes, about Uh, midway through season three.
2: Yeah, I noticed it when Ahsoka started looking older. Um, Mm -hmm. At the same time, like especially with her fighting style, you could tell that she was fighting different, and you could tell the way they were moving that they were moving more fluidly. So yeah, especially at that point, the animation got really good.
1: Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken from listening to some of the um, some of the uh, bonus material and things, these things, they were working midway through season two, you know, wrapping that up when season one was released. So they were working so far ahead and didn't quite know if it was going to take off or not. So do you want to, you know, invest the capital to develop this if it's not going to fly, you know, and I, I understand it's entertainment, but it's a business. You know, these guys are here to make money, yeah, you know, they're here right. to make this smile, but they're here to, 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 um, initially, you know, take those green things out of our wallet.
0: Well, you know, this is, this is a multi-billion dollar, you know, franchise. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, part of it is entertainment, keep, keep the fans coming back, you know, but it's also to, to be able to turn a profit. And so you've got to be able to balance the, the overhead cost of the animation versus what it takes to get it out there, you know, voice cast, the whole nine. And animation is not
1: cheap. No, animation is not cheap. And I think they were farming uh, a lot of this animation out to uh, Singapore, I'm thinking, Um, the Far East. So, yeah, they were even trying to cut costs there. Um, I'm going to jump ahead in our discussion topics. I'm going to jump ahead, maybe a topic or two. And before we get into some uh, some other things there. But I really want to get into the characters. And we had touched on it in our opening thoughts and grades. But this show really gave us the insight to some of our maybe not quite so beloved characters. <laughs> you know, that maybe we hadn't fallen so hard for in the movies. It gave us some more of an insight and a likable view of them a more you know even though it was animated a more human view uh, because Mm -hmm. we're not having to see the turn of anakin so quickly just in a two two and a half hour movie we're not having to see you know obi-wan's reactions to these intense situations we can really see his nuances so um and as we get into the character development guys feel free to to voice and i know i'm going to to the the voice actors and and the cast there. So Jamie, I'm gonna throw this to you. What's what's your initial thoughts on character development here first off?
2: Well I, I think it's the strength of the show. I think it's the absolute best part because I mean I mean we as we talked before in our review episodes of the prequels, I mean things felt rushed. We didn't especially Attack of the clones, we didn't like how um, some of the relationships worked. Everything on the boo was terrible. Mm-hmm. Um and and like and then in Revenge of the Sith, I mean, everything had to move so fast. People like yes. thought were making like dumb decisions or random decisions. Mm-hmm. And here, with all of this room to play with, we got to flesh out who these people are, build some nuance into their characters. And so, I, I think it's the best part of the TV show, is, is, the, is the way we got to get to know these people and spend time with them. Say, know what you think.
1: Sam, what's your view? Uh,
0: you know, as far as the characters go, you know, I, I agree with Jamie. We really got the opportunity to flesh out the relationship that developed between Obi Wan and Anakin. You mm-hmm. know, we understood, you know, the the anguish that that Anakin felt when he had to make a decision between Obi Wan, his mentor. And, and Padme, the woman he loved, you know, it made that feel so much more real, you know. And be and along with that, you know, is Mace Windu. You know, we got a chance to really see what Mace Windu could do uh, within that. And then, obviously, the the third point for me is the clones. Like you said, we they really developed who the clones were, and they gave them personalities. They just weren't literally CGI in the background. You know, they <laughs> were they were people who we we grew to care about because those characters were introduced early in the series as rookies and you saw them grow and develop throughout the remainder of the series. So they became people you really cared about. So it made Order 66 even more, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a gut punch, you know, in Revenge of the Sith.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I'm I'm going to throw a couple questions before I get into to my thoughts uh, on character development. Jamie, I know you had mentioned specifically Attack of the Clones and how tough the relational things were there. Speak to me about Anakin and Padme through this series. What what are your thoughts <laughs> and their developments as opposed to even even the episode three? Uh, the, the development we had there, which really wasn't a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we,
2: You and I went on that episode and we disagreed on uh, episode three a little bit. I, I mm-hmm. thought that they started to develop some chemistry and it, the, the rela- it started being less cringeworthy. Um, like I said, I haven't seen all of the Clone Wars, but the episodes I've seen that have Padme and Anakin together,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, the relationship makes more sense. Um, I know they're animated, but they've got more chemistry been, uh, <laughs> been yeah, yeah, entirely. and, uh, yeah. and it, it just feels like the relationship. Like it, you get it, and whereas in the mm-hmm. movies, you're like, I don't know what this older girl sees in this little kid and this younger guy. I don't get it. Right. On the TV show, you kind of get it. You see what they see in each other,
1: and and you see him being the hero. You see him saving the day instead of being this moody, brooding, you know, angst ridden, you know, young adult. You know.
2: He's not adolescenting all over the
1: place. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) He's adolescenting you. That's a great term. And if you have uh, teenage children, that is a term you will uh, come to know. Um, Sam, I want to get your opinion on um, a Obi-Wan Kenobi. What's your your thoughts uh, of the contrast from Obi-Wan of the Saga movies to Obi-Wan of the Clone Wars series?
0: You know... um Obi-Wan, from the prequels all the way through, Obi-Wan is one of my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. And I have said and will say over and over again, Clone Wars era Obi-Wan is my favorite version. He is, I, I have uh, Halloween costumed this character before. Oh, yes. Uh, I totally have. Um, oh. he, he is, you know, there's something about the combination of the Jedi with the, the clone trooper armor that mm. I just, I love that, that silhouette, that look. And as far as the character, we get to see the wizened Obi-Wan. It, it, it you know it's be it grows and, and his relationship with Anakin, you know, you can see him as both mentor and friend. Yeah. And and to me that also carries through to this the saga itself as you get into episode four because you can understand why he would want to take Luke under his wing. So you understand all of those pieces and that comes from this cartoon. See, I'm
2: going to push back a little bit, there, Oh. Because in the prequels, I think the absolute best thing in any of them, and all the way through all of them, is Ewan McGregor's portrayal of Obi-Wan. Okay. And and I absolutely believe that he is the Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I know that Uh the voice actor does a fabulous job, and I love the way that the show fleshes out Obi-Wan. But prequel Obi-Wan is the Obi-Wan Kenobi, for my money. He is Obi Wan Kenobi, <laughs> and, and you know what? You're allowed to be wrong, um, and so so it's okay.
0: But Ewan McGregor is Obi Wan Kenobi. Will not, he's not the Obi Wan you're looking for.
1: <laughs> now I'm going to kind of push back and agree with both of you. Uh, Ewan McGregor <laughs> is Obi Wan, and his portrayal of Obi Wan was iconic. But we get to spend five and a half seasons with this Obi Wan. We get to see him and Anakin. We get to see why he can look Luke in the face and say he was a good friend. Yeah. He exactly. was a heck of a pilot. He was a cunning warrior. You know, we don't see those things in the movies, but we get to see why he can look Luke in the face and make these statements.
0: You know, uh-huh. but in, in all honesty, though, without you and McGregor and this animated version, you know, that wouldn't be be, you know, wouldn't happen. It no. wouldn't be feasible to have that believable.
1: Ex- yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So I mean, that was one on of my criticisms of the, of the prequels is uh,
2: that that line that is said in The New Hope is never justified. We get little glimpses, glimpses. of that in the prequels, but it's not there.
1: I agree, and that's why this Obi-Wan is so important. And and I'm going to speak to the voice talents here, and I know we're speaking of Obi-Wan right now. James Arnold Taylor. Look this guy up. He is a phenomenal voice actor. He has a hilarious personality. Um, he, You have heard him in 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 various shows that you've seen. Uh, he actually done Obi-Wan in the Guinea-Tartakovsky Clone Wars, if uh, you have okay. seen that. And uh, his direction uh, that he was given for that show, he said they told him to Ringo up (laughs) Obi-Wan. To to Ringo him up. So, uh, you know, he just has a lot of fun with the role and he is just seems like a great human being. And his counterpart, Anakin Skywalker, voiced by Matt Lanter, really shows you the oh, what's the word I'm looking for? The dash, the charisma, the Hey, I've got this under control. Anakin, uh, who is just a great warrior, great friend. Uh, Padme, voiced by Catherine Tabor, who I believe has voiced Leia in other animated things. Breakout star of the show, guys, Ashley Eckstein as Ahsoka oh, Tom. Definitely. Everybody was tearing up Ahsoka when she was first shown. Everybody fell in love with Ahsoka oh. by the time the series was over. and it Oh, is yeah all due to Ashley's portrayal of her, Ashley's uh, personality, and sticking with it, uh, and just being a great talent. Which in, in- Bradley Baker, Perry the Platypus from Phineas and Ferb, playing <laughs> each and every clone trooper. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, you're loaded with talent. Uh, Jim Cummings, Hondo Anaka, uh, you have... Um, Cory Burton, Savage Opress, Samuel Witwer, playing Darth Maul, and the Emperor even. You have, I mean, just great, great talent here.
0: Oh, Clancy Brown.
1: Clancy at, Brown.
0: As Savage Opress.
1: Yes, yeah. Clancy Brown, yeah. Who, who yeah no, Cory Burton was uh, was Mace Windu or somewhere. Yeah.
2: Okay. I, I hadn't seen who did uh, that voice before it. But as soon as he started talking, you you knew it was Clancy Brown, and I'm always thrilled to see Clancy Brown and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. You, well, for,
1: you, you knew, knew it was the Kurgan.
0: To-
1: <laughs> you knew it was the Kurgan. I was just I was hoping there was a line in here at some point where Savage would say there could be only one.
0: <laughs> and he's also, for my money, the best Lex Luthor. Oh, hands down, Superman the animated series. He is the greatest Lex Luthor, hands down.
1: Yep, and of course, you know I spoke to Jim Cummings being. Um, being hondo anaka and if hondo would have said oh bother at some point i would have lost my (laughs) jump
0: (laughs) but yeah or he or he could have said let's get dangerous
1: (laughs) (laughs) but yeah the the characterizations really was a strength of the show and what we learned and how we developed these characters i mean you're introduced to so many even new characters you know i know we spoke about hondo anaka you have a you spend some time with a young Boba Fett. We spend some time with a young Tarkin. In here, you know, there's just a lot of development that happens over these seasons.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, we we've talked about the characters, but one of the one of the questions I had, you know, because I said we came at this from a different perspective. I had, I had skipped this when it was on the air, mm-hmm. and I didn't feel like I missed anything. And so I'm wondering, you, I mean, you guys have, I think. Probably been in, in Star Wars longer than I have, and you were watching this at the time. You now, looking back on it now, what would you all say has been the impact on the entire franchise of, of the Clone Wars TV show?
1: That's a big question. Uh, wow. Well, <clears throat> the impact, it, I believe, uh, the biggest impact is it's introduced it to a new generation. It's introduced to a new generation. And I know that kind of can come into another one of our discussion points, discussion points. But um, if you're talking about an in universe impact, I mean, you have so much history between these characters now. You have, uh, you know, even when Anakin encounters Dooku in, on the bridge of Grievous's ship, you know they've been at it before. Since he lost his arm in the hangar on Geonosis, you know they have had history with Grievous. They've had history with Dooku. They have, you know, developed these where you know they say you know you're shorter than I expected. You know, well he's running away <laughs> as usual. You know, you know that they have dealt with that stuff. You also have. I think this extended, I think Lucas went back and changed his statement from this being a three year clone wars, which was the actual time between movies at the time to this being more like five or six years, which was the time of the seat of the series. So you right. have uh, the clone wars expanded. You have so much more destruction and interaction throughout the galaxy affected by these uh, events that we're seeing here. Um, you have the clones, uh, you know, really coming into their own, and uh, and I know there's one episode uh, you guys had mentioned earlier where there was a clone deserter, and you know even a clone a clone having that much, uh, you know, a family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had had a family. He married a Twi'lek and had a family. Uh, we uh, see how deep the um, how deep the uh, underworld goes into all this with with zero the hut and the bounty hunters and some other <laughs> so what did you guys think of uh, zero the hut um, <laughs> he, he was
0: definitely an over the uh over the top character
1: he was definitely over and, the top yeah, so we're yeah. gonna move on from there <laughs> yeah, we're that for, for danger of, of spoiling something coming up here
0: well um you were talking about kind of the impact on on the the In canon universe, you know, with this cartoon, you know, we got to see the bounty hunters in a very different light. We got a deeper look at Trandoshans and, um, you know, even with with the assassin droids like IG-88 showing up in an episode. So we got to see those types of things. We got to see the Jedi Council explored in much deeper uh, kind of a look at those you know instead of just sitting around the council chamber you know we saw characters like Opa Rancisis and um, yeah, Stacey Chin sorry, <coughs> sorry. Uh, <laughs> but you saw all those, those characters really kind of fleshed out and come to life and given an actual characterization instead of just like I said sitting around the council chamber mm-hmm. well but the clones weren't characters in the movies no. I mean, they just weren't. No, they definitely weren't. You know, like I said, I mean, literally, they were just kind of CGI cannon fodder. Uh, and, and basically, they were exposition to get from point A to point B, you know, and fly the ship, essentially.
2: So. <laughs> but but, but I, mean, I mean, looking at that, I mean, I think that's an impact. I mean, it, I mean you see, especially episode uh, three differently. When Order, like you mentioned earlier, when Order 66 happens, that feels different after having watched the Clone Wars. Yes. Um, you feel like the, those those people pulling those triggers all had a connection to those Jedi. So it, that changes the way that scene feels now.
1: Yeah, and you see that in the show explored in, in Season 6, I think that might have been a few of the episodes you actually got to see from Season 6 So uh, with where they had the, uh, the almost, you know, biological chip in, in you know, that they yes. were, was affecting their memories and actions and dreams and, and a couple of them sort of short-circuiting and you can see that whole whole uh, effect there of the beginnings of mistrust, the beginnings of finding out, you know, is, is this all on the level?
2: Yeah, so let, let's, let's <clears throat> transition just a little bit from impact to legacy. I mean, as we, I mean, look back now, I mean, there's going to be a lot more Star Wars coming. I mean, I know they're taking a little break after 9, but there's going to be a lot of Star Wars live-action TV. Um, There's more animated stuff coming. Um, What's going to be the the big-picture legacy of the the six seasons of this show, do y'all think?
1: I think, uh, for one, they're not going to have as much room to play with between Episode 2 and (laughs) 3. You know, uh, uh, this very uh, is is a bridge to 2 and 3, but I think the legacy here, as uh, we've already seen some characters from the Clone Wars bleeding over into other uh, facets of Star Wars. I mean, you have Captain Rex popping up in Ahsoka, even popping up in Rebels, the cartoon. You have uh, Saw Guerrera, that was introduced to us in the Clone Wars. As, as a young guerrilla fighter, you see him in Rogue One, very aged and grizzled and just at the end of his PTSD journey, you know, just, just have seen some horrible things. But I, I think this gives us a whole lot more characters to draw from. I believe it has introduced a lot more um, range of characters that we uh, have already been introduced to that will be easier for them to incorporate into future, uh, you know, shows or movies.
0: You know, and from there, I mean, even though, you know, the original EU, as we know, it doesn't specifically exist, you know, they're bringing those characters back in, you know, you Mm -hmm. mentioned rebels, you know, bringing Tarkin back in. Mm -hmm. So all of these, these characters could, play a part at some point. You know, there's that, once again, you've got a a span of time between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope, that that's still a fertile playground. And a lot of these characters, you know, could be, you know, explored in that area, you know, especially Ahsoka. You know, what will become of Ahsoka Tano?
1: Exactly. Go ahead,
0: I'm sorry.
2: Um, for, for my money, the, uh, the, the legacy that, that I think this is going to leave is that it's one of the few things they've done that expands the universe instead of shrinking it. And we've, mm-hmm. we've, it's, been one, it's been one of our few running complaints that they keep shrinking the universe. Everything's connected, everybody's met before. This is one of the few things that bl- kind of expanded, blew up the universe. It felt like it was a really big place in the film versus some of the other movies.
1: Yeah, I think that's uh, exactly, and uh, you know, even looking past Sam, episode three to episode four, you know, you're you're getting you've gotten introduced to so many varied types of characters. You know, you have, uh, you know, these kind of underworld figures who are still not quite; they're still really different from anything that we've seen in a canonical film, or even the uh, you know the Star Wars story in quotations films that we've got with Solo. And uh, in Rogue One, it's going to allow them to introduce even between episodes six and seven or past episode nine, you know, different types of characters. We've already kind of got an idea. These type of people exist in this universe and these type of people can interact here. Um, But, you know, there's one thing that the show touched on in a few episodes, uh, a few episode arcs. most notably the Mortis arc and then the Yoda arc at the end of of season six is this show explored the nature of the force. So we went from Luke daydreaming into the force and, and having his, you know, training with Yoda and Yoda talking him through, you know, the force binds every living thing. The force is around us all. It surrounds us. It penetrates us to, Oh, the force is a, a little, uh, symbiote in your blood. It's a parasite essentially. <laughs> you know, we went from that. But this show really chewed up some brain cells of mine with the Mortis trilogy, with the Yoda trilogy, trying to figure out what the force is. And I really want to get, uh, especially, uh, especially Jamie's here and, uh, and, I mean, I'm really interested in what both of you guys have to say about, about the, what this show brought the nature of the Force to.
2: Well, I mean, that was one of my biggest, when I, when I got to the Mortis episodes, my mind was absolutely blown. Yeah. Um, and I'd been watching, like, yeah, um, what little hair I had left fell out. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you know, I, I thought I, I a pretty good grip, midichlorians aside, on how the Force worked. And then suddenly we watch, and you know, I had been watching one episode at a time, just Mm -hmm. spacing it out, ready for the for us to record. And then the more episodes started, I just I couldn't stop. I was going to watch those until they were over.
1: Yeah, you Um, have to watch all three of those. Yeah,
2: and um, at the end of that, I mean, I I love the way it sort of portrayed it differently, but it left me more confused because it feels like that in a new hope, and then an empire, and then especially in the last Jedi. And then in those Mortis episodes, the force is described in very different ways. Yeah. And even with Qui-Gon Jin, the way he would describe the force, it sounded mm-hmm. like a personal being, like there was an intelligence inside the force. And so, um, I, I love the Mortis episodes, but still, I'm, like, I'm still, I'm still kind of confused. You know, I'm not sure how that works. You know, uh, I mean, uh, is, is the Mortis episodes back up Qui-Gon Jin or was this something else? Was this
0: like, I don't know. Can you, can you guys explain it to me? <laughs> you know, I, I think, you know, when you look at, at the Mortis episodes, you know, definitely Mortis was that that kind of balance to the force. I think to me, that's really what came out of Mortis was the idea of balance. And I think it was also that idea of Anyone could go either way in the force, either to the light or the dark. Mm-hmm. You know, with with the father being kind of the, the the fulcrum in the middle between the daughter and the son, and so they that balance shifted back and forth with the father always as, as the fulcrum there. I think, and, and to me that to me balance was the key through that. See, so my my understanding before because. Before that,
2: I pushed play on Mortis Part One. <laughs> My understanding of the Force was the Force is good, and that and that as you give into the dark, dark side, it actually pulls you off of balance, Off of the balance. And so when, when, they, when that brother and sister were there, they were both like he was representing the dark side, she was representing the light side, and the father was balancing them. I'm like, well, that's a different. That's a different view. Like the dark and the light are both needed to balance the Force and that yes. feels like a very different explanation than the way it was explained before.
1: Yeah, it seems like through the prequels and uh, even uh, <clears throat> you know going into episode 7 and 8 you kind of want to say that the force is in balance when someone using the light side is in power. But what we're seeing here is you almost have to have the dark. You almost have to have the the evil to pull and push against that, you have to have that balance there in the middle, and uh, <clears throat> I think, uh, Jamie, I know you'd said, does, does Mortis confirm what Quagmire says, or does it just start out the window? Is I think it does both, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I think that's a, uh, I think that's From a third point, point of view. The Force, yeah, I think that's the thing with the Force is it's such a that that's the only way yoda could describe it is it's an energy field that penetrates that surrounds that binds everything is it good yeah is it bad yeah how are you going to use it you know what and i think we're going to be getting into in the future what uh, i think the true nature of the Force is. we've seen with the portrayal of the wheels in the yoda arc uh, the wheels voiced by jamie king uh, jamie king uh, great actress there wife of kyle newman uh, director of fanboys if you guys haven't seen that show you need to really check <laughs> it out but now the wheels it, were the beings that were kind of floating around that had the different almost theater masks and you had the happy you had sad you had angry you had uh, you know lethargic you had empathetic and you, know, you had all of these and they were interacting and they're all aspects of the force and they're all appropriate Aspects of the force. Yeah. You know, is the Sith evil for the sake of being evil? Is there, you know, or is what they're doing, you know, justified? Do the ends justify the means? Or do you have to have the means justifying the ends? You know, what is the nature of the force there And I think that it's a lot bigger. And I think we're going to be getting into it as being a much bigger thing um, as we progress through. The uh, you know the Disney merger with um, what they're bringing out in the future.
2: Well, I mean, well, I'm still. I mean, even with the Yoda. I'm sorry, Sammy. On um, the got, one, one last lingering question that I'll shut up about this. But uh, so I think those Yoda episodes. Um, they continue the monkey wrench that Mortis threw in. <laughs> yes, yeah,
1: exactly. Did.
2: very much. Is the Force simply the energy existing between living things? Or is there an intelligence inside and guiding the force?
1: Now, see, that's where you've seen the father, the daughter, and the son, you know, as being, were they an embodiment of the force? Or were they just creatures who were so engrossed in part of the force? You know, were the wheels, were they Or were they
2: the force
1: themselves Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, I guess, what's what right. I'm trying to say. Were they the force themselves, or were they just creatures, you know, it, it absorbed? Yeah. It? Yeah, yeah that's, that's, I guess, you know, we, we may never know the answer. But, you know, the force uh, is much bigger than we were had ever thought that it could be.
0: And what's so interesting about that Yoda arc is it threw in a little bit of everything. Yeah, You had the wheels, which goes all the way back to the original novel. You mm-hmm. had the planet that is the birthplace of the midichlorians
1: yeah. thrown in <laughs> you that had episode 12. Voiced by Mark Hamill.
0: Yeah. And and I mean it and it pretty much was like Star Wars version of Inside Out before Pixar, right? You had the wheels were. So you had happy and sad and angry and you know, everybody was kind of there. So it was just kind of a you know, it was one of oh. those types of episodes. And and I agree with with both I'm of you. I'm so in glad that.
1: Bing Bong didn't die again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who's your friend? Bing bong bing bong. Um <laughs> But um you know, but it, it's one of those things that, that it's just back and forth, you know, even with Yoda, you know, thinking about the shadow version of, of you know, the Gollum Yoda, essentially that, that we saw in one of those episodes, you know, even Yoda <laughs> has a dark side, Yeah. you know, and we think of, of Yoda as this perfect embodiment of the light.
1: Let me grab that and hang a hook on it. I'm going to grab that and hang a hook and put my head on it. <laughs> Look at how Yoda had to defeat the shadow version of himself. He tried fighting it. He tried resisting it. He tried overpowering it. What did he have to do? Do you remember how he defeated this person, Jamie? Did you get to see that? Yeah, I saw that. I didn't.
2: I'm trying to remember. He Re- absorbed like a week ago.
1: Yeah. yeah, he absorbed him. He absorbed the bad part of himself.
2: I kind of had to just chill out and, and had to it.
1: just accept it and take it in and grab it and hold it and say, "Okay, this is a part of me."
0: Exactly. You know?
1: Yeah, there's there's a, a, a wonderful wonderful poem. Um, oh, I'm gonna find it here. You guys did I finish talking about this while I pull this up here.
0: You know, I mean, obviously as a geek, I was kind of cracking up because Yoda's going on what I would think all Superman three, right? So he's got, the, he's got the, the evil version that, that he's got to fight and absorb back to be able to become a full person. So of course that that's popping into my head. Um, as I, as I'm going through that, uh, another little thing that I loved, even one of those episodes, um, you know, as we're seeing some of the temple scenes, you saw um, a character, the character Quinlan Voss was even dropped in uh, just for a moment. And we saw him for just a brief moment in um, what episode three also. So that was that was kind of fun. But, um, you know, those, those like I said, that those episodes, both Mortis and the Yoda, really made you think about the force. And I think about Dave Filoni always says that everything he did with that show, he did from what he learned from George. From
1: George. Yeah. He said at George Lucas's feet, guys, I'm going to read this poem. And uh, then I think we'll take a break and then jump into uh, our awards and the, the rest of our show. But we've discussed, you know, the impact we've discussed, the show, the characters, and we've discussed the nature of the force and how yoda had to absorb himself in the desert i saw a creature naked bestial who squatting upon the ground held his heart in his hands and ate of it i said is it good friend it is bitter bitter he answered but i like it because it is bitter and because it is my heart that's the nature of the Force is acceptance.
0: Custom oh. yes. oh, cool.
1: So here we go.
2: Welcome back to the show, and it is award time. So we broke it down into three awards this time. Best story arc is the
0: first one. And Sam, you want to go first? Sure. Um, You know, for me, if we're looking at at the best story arc, the one that that really impacted me the most, it was probably in the Lost Episodes. And it it wasn't as much the Yoda arc as it was the, the Clone Trooper arc at the beginning because we see how exactly upset these guys are when they find what they think are tumors in their heads, and it's this implanted, you know, system for Order 66.
1: It's like a bio, a biological yeah.
0: microchip. Yeah, exactly. And when those are in there, and so that was a four-issue uh, arc there. And just to see the... Um, kind of the way that they care about each other and that they will go to any length to help one another. That was probably my favorite arc.
1: Yep. And that really brought some, uh, some life to the troopers, mm-hmm. uh, you know, emotionally there.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, my favorite story arc I've already alluded to more than once. I think I tipped my hand. <laughs> the, uh, the Mortis arc blew my mind. Yep. Uh, and most of these I watched like one episode at a time, one or two here and there. Um, I, once I once Mortis started, I was I was I was gonna sit there until that was done. Yeah. And uh, and I just I loved the how much thought. I'm, I, obviously, I'm still thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I just loved the, the how thought provoking that was. And, and even the little the little trick at the end where they wake up and,
1: and they just know time has
2: passed seconds. And it's just like okay. What just happened? What just happened?
1: Yeah. Did it, yeah. and, and did it even really happen physically, or did they just have a unified force experience yeah. uh, that, that really didn't matter to anything?
2: But uh, like I said, I haven't seen every episode, but of the stuff I've seen, the Mortis arc was the most compelling stuff uh, I saw on the entire show. Awesome.
1: Yeah, I'm going to uh, side with Jamie there. I think the Mortis arc is probably the one I have spent the most time digesting. And, and revisiting. There's just so much there. I mean, and there's so many great arcs, and even single episodes. You know, you Ambush, the first episode of a series, uh, you know, is probably one of my favorite episodes. But uh, yeah, the Mortis arcs, there's just so much there to digest. So the, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with that one as well.
2: Um, now, um, we had uh, reached out on our Facebook group for people to uh, give submissions, and my, um, my daughter's wanted to throw out their uh, their ideas here and okay. their favorite story arc wasn't so much an individual arc but they really liked the bounty hunter stuff on season 2. They loved all the bounty hunters. That was Whoa. a ton was of fun it. as well. Yeah, that was yeah. a lot of fun. So that was that was their uh
0: their submission.
1: Yeah, that was a uh, that was uh, our uh, an um, introduction to Hondo, if I'm not mistaken. I believe mm-hmm. that it was. Yeah.
0: Uh, and and in that that episode I especially loved Imbo because he had that that helmet shield thing and I just thought that was so cool
1: yeah, voiced by Dave Filoni yeah
0: well, I yeah. didn't know that and at the beginning of that was a remembrance for um, Akira Kurosawa yep yep as that episode came on it was when Kurosawa had passed and you know that he was a huge influence obviously on Lucas oh, and yeah. Star Wars in general so mm-hmm. let say for our second award we had best single episode best
1: single episode mm-hmm. do Ryan, you want to go first I'm, I'm going to jump on here and say ambush the, uh, the introductory ep, uh, episode for the television uh, premiere, uh, Yoda uh, on the planet of Tordaria negotiating, uh, ambushed by Asajj Ventress, wonderfully voiced by Nika Futterman. If uh, you guys don't know who Nika Futterman is, grab a copy of The Offsprings Pretty Fly for a White Guy. That's where you'll hear her. <laughs> Give it to me, baby. <laughs> uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's that's Nika Futterman, uh, but yeah, she is just a phenomenal talent there, and uh, so that's going to be my pick uh, for the episode. All right, same. Uh, you know, if we're, you know, I think in in
0: especially a series where you have so many arcs, sometimes it's hard to say, oh, this was the best episode. Uh, but you know, I think one of the the episodes I I really enjoyed was the beginning of. Uh, the Ahsoka's expulsion arc. So sabotage, which was episode 17 and and C- season five. And I loved it because it was such a CSI episode and you know, you, the, the droid that was checking everything out and scanning everything and just the difference between how he handled the investigation versus how Anakin wanted to do it. I got a lot of laughs out of it, but I just thought it was a fun episode It's also my favorite Beastie Boy song.
2: Yes. (laughs) So, so, uh, for my best single episode, um, I'm going to give. I'm going to have to tweak the name of the award. I know it's not the best single episode. It's my favorite single episode. Okay. And it's the episode Rookies from season one.
1: Yes, Rookies. Yes. So much fun.
2: Well, I know it's not the best episode. I I get it, but that was the first episode where it really clicked to me that the clones were people. Mm -hmm. And they had personalities. So, and from so from that episode on, I looked at the clones differently, and that changed how I watched the prequels, and that changed how I saw what I was prepared to see in the episodes that followed it.
1: Yeah. Now, one thing you missed not watching this um, as it was airing. This was the Halloween episode. Really? Uh, so it's where they're kind of creepy, isolated yeah. on the planet, and you have the worms. This this was the Halloween episode. Hmm. That's perfect. Uh, that, you're, that So yeah, That's they, they really it. timed that out well. Yeah, and I love how they called the, the, the recruits Shinies. Yeah, yes, yeah, they haven't got their armor dirty yet. I thought you going to make fun of me for picking their one No, 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 and I love did, it too. Th- those guys develop as the series goes on. <clears> yeah, they're recurring characters. Yes, <clears> uh, I think on episode I watched fives. fives
2: has
0: showed back. Yes, up. Fives it, uh, a couple other even ones. in the the arc that I was talking about with the clone troopers and loss. You know, Fives is the one that you know. They, I can't remember if Fives was the one that that wanted to save his buddy, or Fives was the one that that uh they wanted to kill completely you know that the doctor there did or whatnot but uh yeah you see those characters develop you know and, and i'm a sucker for the troopers i just i am i love all the different armors and all the different looks of the armor so that's a cool episode
1: yeah now the next award is for best new character now guys i'm gonna say there's a right answer here we did reach out on facebook uh, to to have people uh, voice their opinions and a miss taylor stevenson had voiced her opinion which i believe is the right answer taylor ahsoka ahsoka tano she says ahsoka is definitely the best new character exclamation point exclamation point and i'm going to go ahead and throw another one on there for you exclamation point Period. That's that's the the correct answer. Rex is great. Hondo is wonderful. Hondo is fabulous. Yeah, Hondo's fabulous. I Love Hondo. But and Ahsoka really was the heart in our yeah. journey through this show. Is anybody want to add? Disagree? Or I've got
2: two runners up. Okay. And I might and I might be wrong about one of them. One of them may not be actually a Clone Wars original. But like I said, I've seen less of the animated stuff than you all have. Okay. I get a kick out of Zero the Hut.
0: <laughs> zero uh,
1: <laughs> zero—the uh, uh, questionably oriented um, relative of Jabba. The, oh. I love the manner of speaking, the um, the accent, the
2: I, I how shady
1: he is. I don't know who voiced that character, but I will tell you: is I think it was addressed that they had taken. Um, influence from Truman Capote. Okay. okay. I can see that. I
2: can but see that. I just, I uh, and, he, and he's such a, just a backstabber. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just, I get a kick out of it.
1: Well, now, Jamie, what are you implying?
2: rather <laughs> 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 And I want to give a second honorable mention to all of the clones.
1: Yes. And have. just
2: give the show credit for making them actual characters. Because mm-hmm. yeah, they're definitely. not real, uh, they're visibly present in the prequels. They're not characters.
1: Right. No, they're not characters in the movies at no. all. But this show really gave them uh, a voice and an identity.
2: Yeah, but but, but Miss Stevenson's right. Ahsoka is the best new thing, yep. period. I agree. Out of Clone I agree. Yes. And, and and
1: I would like to thank her for reaching out to us uh, with that vote for Ahsoka and thank her for her voice. Definitely. Yeah. So, guys, we've talked a lot about the Force. The only other thing that could be as big or as important to the Force. On a Star Wars episode, would it be our beloved Keanu Reeves? Oh. I, th-
2: I think that Dwayne had a little bit. He doubted me, Sammy. I think he did. Ooh. I think he doubted me that I would have one this
1: time. I was wondering how it would tie. Now, I, now, <laughs> now you're not going to be with the shortage of actors to choose from, but, but I was having trouble locating the connection here. It was
2: harder than you
1: think. <laughs> <laughs> your,
2: your doubt was not misplaced. Okay, so here's the Keanu connection. But for the now Clone you've
1: Wars. kind of you've kind of uh, raised my interest here and expectations because you said you've got a good one. I've got a good one. Okay.
2: Okay. So here's the Keanu connection for the Clone Wars. Tara Strong has an unbelievable IMDb page. Uh, yes. Um, my Little Pony. Teen Titans Go. Tons of DC and Marvel. Harley work. Quinn. Uh, Samurai Jack. The Fairly Odd Parents, Powerpuff Girls. I mean, it's insane. Those are just a couple of the highlights I pull off of her IMDb page. But in 2014, she entered the Star Wars universe as a voice actor on Star Wars The Old Republic, Shadow of Revan, uh, or Revan, uh, I'm not sure uh, how you pronounce
0: that.
2: But, and here we go, here's the connection. Before that, way before that, she was the voice of a character named Mary Jane. On the animated Bill and Ted Excellent Adventures Saturday morning TV show. No
0: way. I was wondering if that's where it would go because since we've talked so much about voice actors, and I was thinking about the <laughs> Bill and Ted animated.
2: And she was the only oh, person wow. I could find who had been on that animated TV show that was and had been on Star Wars.
1: Oh, wow. That's, that's so nice. Strauss, a great nice. connection. It's the connection. That's, and it's bringing it back <laughs> to I Bill like and it. Ted. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Love it. Fantastic. So now it's the time of our show where we try to inform each other, our listeners, our audience, of something that we have enjoyed here lately. Something that has kind of piqued our interest that we have come across. Maybe something new. Maybe something that we're revisiting that has come back to us.
2: What's the whole mission statement of the show? We're, is, we're on a quest for quality pop culture. So exactly. Let's, let's pitch some quality pop culture at each other.
1: So let's keep it 100. Okay, who's going first, boys?
2: I'll go first. Go for it, Jamie. <clears throat> go ahead. Okay. Um, my keeping it 100 this week is Murder on the Orient Express. And I'm going to give my wife full credit for this. I did not want to watch this movie. <laughs> um, it's I had, good, though. I had no interest. I, and there was—I forget what it was. There was some controversy when it came out. I forget what it was. There was some backlash, and it kind of bombed at the theaters. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of Agatha Christie, and this is my second favorite Agatha Christie story, second only to the murder of Roger Ackroyd. Mm. Um, this movie was awesome. <clears throat> I loved it. It was a ton of fun. It was incredibly well acted. It was faithful to the novel, except in the ways that it needed to be adapted to the screen. Wow. Um, seeing Brana play Hercule Poirot was so much fun. Talk about
0: mustache game.
2: Oh, that was, it was strong. <laughs> <laughs> Tombstone strong. And and Daisy Ridley's in this movie. Yes, she is. And she shows off some acting chops here. I mean, she's really good in it. Um, they spiced up the action a little bit. There's a little bit more action in the movie than there is in the novel. But it needs it to be a good movie. Um, it's, it's tense in all the places it needs to be tense. I mean, it was just a really good movie. And I think it's a shame that nobody saw it. And that's my
1: keeping it with Great, and you had thirty Very seconds nice. remaining there. Um, yeah, now this was really um, something that I had got on my radar with just the cast being so massive. You know, like, all these names. It's got. I mean, it's either going to be really good or really bad.
2: Well, uh, and even and the people it, you haven't heard kind of were
1: amazing. Yeah. Fell off the radar. Yeah, it really did. I don't know what happened, but it just kind of disappeared. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. I'll tell you what, I believe I'm going to go next. I have two uh, to get through here, but they're both kind of along the same genre. So, Jamie, whenever you're ready to go, let me
2: know. Nine, two, one, go.
1: Okay, I'm a huge fan, as you guys know, of music documentaries, music biopics. Uh, it has been a while since we recorded. I have seen two since then. One had a big budget, big theater release. Another had a very small budget and a small Netflix release. And I'm talking about bohemian rhapsody story of queen and the dirt the story of motley Crue. <laughs> now one you can watch with maybe some friends older family the other one i would recommend to watch with anybody <laughs> and i will let you guys determine which one is which now uh, both of course take a little bit of f- uh, freedom with uh timelines and what happens but it's a very accurate representation i feel of freddie mercury's uh rise with queen the uh recording process his whole life there kind of ends with the wembley stadium show motley crew is just a crazy crazy ride from the beginning to end tons of fun check it out good deal 26
0: seconds left all right Okay, I'm ready, gentlemen. Three, two, one, go. Okay, you know, I've confessed that I'm not a huge Westerns fan, right? But I tell you, an actor I love is Clint Eastwood, Mm -hmm. okay? And recently, he did a movie called The Mule, and it just released uh, to Redbox and stuff like that, so that's where I picked it up. Uh, And it's it's such an interesting story. Uh, You know, Eastwood plays this 90-year-old guy. He's broke. He's losing his house, he's losing his business he's divorced his family does nobody talks to him um, you know because essentially he's been a jerk for the majority of his life and he ends up unwittingly becoming a drug mule for the Mexican cartel and because he's just this old man traveling in a truck across the state across states uh, nobody, even thinks it's him. Uh, you know, it's just such a it's an interesting movie. Uh, and cast, if you look at the cast, uh, you're looking at Bradley Cooper, Andy Garcia, um, you know, so many interesting, uh, Michael Peña's in it, so I was just really wishing he would tell me a story. Uh, but, uh, you know, and, and there's just, so uh, Lawrence Fishburne, you know, there's so many great actors in this. And like I said, it, it's one of those movies that it's just, it's strange, but I would check it out. It was a lot of fun.
1: Right. sounds like it a time? lot of fun
0: yeah sounds like a lot of fun
2: okay, I've, i have a question for each of you though okay okay the mule was it directed by eastwood too
0: uh i believe let me double i'll double check here real quick yes it was directed by Clint Eastwood. okay the
2: motley crew thing yes well i like the documentary even if i don't like motley crew
1: it has a lot of heart uh surprisingly it oh. has a lot of heart um uh, their antics are everywhere, um, and I will tell you the first, within the first five minutes of the movie, you will see strange, <laughs> horrible things. Um, so, <laughs> things you can't unsee. Things uh, you cannot unsee. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you'll you'll be amazed, shocked, repulsed, and intrigued all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah it's a ton of fun uh it, taken from uh, two two sources the dirt which was kind of an overview of the whole band and of course Nikki Six's is the heroin diaries which kind of documents his spiral through drug addiction and abuse and if, if you're not aware this guy od'd twice in the same day wow he, yeah he he od'd he's, he's on his way to the hospital they, they jam him full of adrenaline because his heart stopped. He checks out, goes home, straight away ODs again. And, I mean, just at rock bottom. And uh, the uh, the craziness these guys were. It shows uh, the infamous... Poolside scene with Ozzy Osbourne at, at a Four Seasons, where there are snorting ants among other things, <laughs> being uh, just completely blasted. But uh, you know, it, it goes through the the car accident that that, that killed Razzle, um, a lead singer from another band uh, that Vince Neil was involved in, and the the backlash from that, and all of the the things that they dealt with family-wise. It is a really Crazy movie, but it's got a lot of heart. I would I would recommend it, but not necessarily with anybody. <laughs> I don't know. It's, I can't I can't think of anybody that's safe to watch that movie with.
2: Well, I, I've been I'm I am a huge Queen fan. Yeah, and I've been reluctant reluctant to see the movie because I know they play with history like in yeah. ways that I don't like.
1: Yeah, they they play with it a little bit, but I'll tell you something. Um, the guy. Well, it, really, even the guys that they had to play each member of the band. I mean, they are true to the band. Um, mm-hmm. I was wondering how this kid could pull off Freddie Mercury. Yeah. But he nails it.
2: But I, I think both of you now have had Bohemian Rhapsody. You're keeping it 100 on different episodes.
1: Oh, did you? I, I don't remember. remember. I
0: don't remember I think, if I've done that.
2: I think a couple, of week, a couple of episodes ago. I think mm. on the Tombstone show that was should well, maybe
1: show. we'll I'll have to I'm check that for sure. out. So, so now, I so, can't now remember. Like, uh, so
2: now, I think I have to watch it. No? I, I will,
1: I will highly recommend it. I red boxed it. Uh, I was, I was initially wanting to see this thing in the theaters, but life just got in the way and didn't allow that to happen. Well, I was,
2: I was sort of boycotting it. Um, I'm a huge Queen fan, and I know that they, they did some manipulative stuff with yep. some of the history. Yeah,
1: they, they did, and I'm sure they showed some stuff in a different light yeah. than really happened. Um, but I mean, as far as just a fun documentary, but
2: everyone, but everyone I know that's seen it is raped yeah, about right it. So right I think I have it. to watch it. You
0: got to you know, watch it, it, it. It's entertaining. You know, I mean, even though they do mess with the history a little bit, it, it's entertaining. Right. Uh, and, and it's, and it's funny. There are so many funny Yeah, there's lines. some funny
1: stuff I mean, in
0: there. Just the, he's being interviewed. Okay. And they say, you know, Freddie, why don't you get your teeth fixed? And he goes, "Honey, I'm from Britain. I don't want to stand out." <laughs> you know, it, I mean, it's it's that kind of thing. I mean, it's so it is good. So.
2: <laughs> yeah, All right. Well, I think I think I'm convinced. Um, so we always close out with um, our next quest, and so our, our next review episode—not our ne- our next episode will be a new, a new show, but our next review episode will be one of my favorites. The Born Identity.
1: Yes. Which I'm really intrigued to watch. I have never seen this movie all the way through. Ah, okay.
2: All right. I like it. Well, she, we shall see. So, the holes that you have. And we, I know. Bo- both of us do. I think we both of us, we've picked at each other's holes. You
0: know? Well, I, I think that could be said for for all three of us because okay. there are so many movies that I know you all have put on the list of, you know, these are possible things we could do. And I'm like, haven't seen that one. I've seen that one. I haven't seen that one. So I'd never even seen The Fifth Element up until just very recently. Oh, wow. So,
2: you know. I'm glad we found that out now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Because the invite might not have been offered.
1: <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's something we cannot oversee. But, yeah, so the next, uh, next uh, review episode, we'll be talking about the Born Identity. And uh, so until then, guys, uh, keep hey, on. Hey, hey, Dwayne,
2: hey, hey Dwayne. What? Been to Mortis